You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing on with Stephanie Toma. Stephanie is a Forbes featured speaker, coach, and author of the networking book, Confident Introvert. Stephanie helps people activate their voice and public speak with confidence, inspiration, and impact. To date, Stephanie's helped thousands of people celebrate their strengths, step into their authentic confidence, and make meaningful connections through speaking at places like Harvard, years behind the scenes at TEDx, and one-on-one coaching. I'm so excited to have you on the show, Stephanie. You do everything I love. So welcome. How are you? Thank you, Noah. Excited to be here. Yeah, fantastic. So Stephanie, what I mean, in your bio, there's a lot of, of, of power, but what would you say is your superpower, the thing that you are just world-class at? One of my superpowers is definitely connecting people dots. So certainly while... <clears throat> while clarifying what, let's say, someone's magic is and what they can amplify and bring into the world, what good is that if you don't have an audience, if you don't have friends to help you along the way and vice versa? So I have been really dedicated and devoted over the years to cultivating a really solid community of worldwide friends. And I really love to be able to share that and pass that on as it grows and expands. Beautiful. I love how articulate you are in expressing that too, that the people dot connector. That's so epic. So what would you say, you know, as this is the big possible show, we're really trying to focus on conversations around how as individuals, we can make a difference in the world. And so what would you say the impact that you and your, and your mission is right now in the world? Like, how are you saving the world? Well, okay, my piece of saving the world definitely has to do with a combination of leading by example and also helping, you know, so I'd say that it's really been a trajectory, right, where kind of, at least in the coaching industry, there's a big emphasis on as you grow, so do your clients, so does the person and the people that you're speaking with and interacting with. And so let's say, you know, pre-COVID times, it was much more focused on gaining confidence within myself. I hosted over 1,000 networking events and got really comfortable interacting with people and created a few original formulas and concepts to help others embody that same sense of social confidence. And now it's kind of organic, right? People have started to come to me asking about how do I become an author? How do I become a public speaker? And sort of you know, beyond feeling comfortable and really confident connecting with people who also happen to be ambitious, maybe in a networking setting. Um, yeah, that, there's been this sort of elevation in the sorts of people that I am interfacing with um, on, on a client basis, but also the rooms that I'm in virtually or in person. Mm, so incredible. And, you know, I'm sure it's taken a lot of growth and expansion to get to this point. But I'd love to hear a story of a time that you took a big risk in your life. So maybe take us to that moment because a lot of us, we know we're capable of achieving so much. We know we're capable of making an impact, but there's a fear in actually taking that first step 
sometimes. And there's always a risk. You know, what happens if it doesn't work out? What happens if this falls apart? What happens if I'm not good enough? And I'd love to hear your story of the biggest risk that you've taken in life and how you persevered through it. Yeah. So one risk that stands out, and actually I may even want to add this on to the primary superpower. It would be the ability to not only tap into, but really be led by your intuition and having this clarified internal compass. I really credit years of a really consistent meditation practice. I believe I've meditated almost every single day for maybe has it been 12, 13 years now. And doing things that are unreasonable, entertaining the idea that you could be the exception. <laughs> so asking the questions where maybe most people wouldn't even dare to ask because it's so outrageous, but being fully rooted in this is possible. I wonder what would happen. So uh, an example that comes to mind is a time when everything sort of collapsed, you know, when you kind of create a version of your life and you think, great, this is it. All the pieces, all the puzzle pieces are in their place. You know, let, let's go and just live life from this place of everything being maybe relatively predictable in a sense. So a, a main goal, gosh, when was this? This was 2015. Uh, I really wanted to work and live in San Francisco, enter that tech bubble. Um, despite having beliefs that I was really inept at technology use <laughs> mm. and getting to a place where, okay, I saved up a certain amount of money at this point in time. And I had also, you know, gotten the lucrative tech job and moved into this, you know, really cute pink Victorian apartment and all the boxes were pretty much checked off. But then sometimes <laughs> when it rains, it storms and Pretty much in the span of one week, I lost that job that I thought was secure, that I, I waited, I believe, you know, a certain amount of months to move, but then not that long after lost the job and also lost the apartment, was no longer able to be living in that space. And there came a point in time where there was this decision and I had to decide, is this rooted in ego or is this rooted in a belief that more is possible? And maybe the rational thing would have been to be like, okay, no income in the most expensive city in the nation at this point in time. Maybe I should, you know, just kind of recoup, maybe move in with a family member, do that sort of thing. But that was not an option. I mm -hmm. knew something's going to happen. Something's going to work out. So, and it just so happened <laughs> that there was an opening in, uh, in a, an apartment that was even more expensive than where I currently was. And I decided I'm gonna take that, <laughs> you know, I need to move this week. Let's seamlessly make the transition about a mile away. And I did take about a week to sort of let myself breathe, but not take too much time. And then I began freelancing, you know, this is before the entrepreneurial chapter and wouldn't you know how things worked out at that point in time, it was a shared living space in this huge house in San Francisco. And then shortly after the master tenant ended up moving out and I became the master tenant and I converted the, one of the rooms into another bedroom and my rent became less than it was in the beginning. But see, it's about having an element of faith 
and especially not internalizing uh, different doors closing. So mm -hmm. I could have made that job loss mean, oh my gosh, they were right. <laughs> like I really suck at technology. I shouldn't have even tried. And, you know, I could have made that housing situation not work out mean, oh, maybe I'm just not meant to live in San Francisco. You know, I've lived in smaller cities my whole life. Maybe this is too much, but instead it rooted me into my desire even more. And mm -hmm. I intuitively, I made the decisions without knowing how the dots were going to connect. And yeah, of, of course. I mean, maybe I skimmed over. <laughs> there was, it wasn't like it was pure bravery the whole time. Right. I, I was very aware that, okay, this is a sort of rock bottom moment in a few ways, like ego finances. Uh, but having this belief in, okay, what do I really want? I want to live in the city. Yes. And hmm, maybe the kind of work that I was doing, that was more of an idea of what I wanted, but actually, you know, I, within a few weeks, Within a couple of weeks, actually, I began taking on a variety of projects, like wearing all these different hats that I never knew existed. I never knew that you could get paid to, for example, uh, go into nightclubs and bars and observe human behavior. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I kind of thought that would be cool to do. Uh, and I thought you could do that for a school project, but it's like, oh, here I am. That was one of my sources of income. And yeah, just sort of being led by this sense of curiosity and allowing things that didn't seem likely or possible to unfold and become real in my life. Mm. So there's so much beauty in this story. And, you know, the thing that really pulls me in is the concept of not settling for the scraps at the table and demanding that there's a better existence for you. And when those blows come, instead of being defeated to just say i want i want more and i'm going to somehow make it happen <clears throat> and then finding your sense of worth within all of that and just trusting in the process so that's so powerful and i'm i'm really glad that you didn't move out and say okay what was me let me just go back to you know a, a safe job and and really took the reins for yourself that's really beautiful and you know, it's funny you're talking about the the nightclub thing. I remember I had a, a job, like a little side job I was doing similar where I there was this dating coach that hired me to basically help the guys at the where they would go to the bars and I would give them pointers and tips. And it was like the, you know, the most random job to just go at night, get paid to hang out at the nightclub and coach guys on their on their approaches to girls. It was like the wildest time. Yeah. That's so fun. Little side jobs. Yeah. So I'd like to hear some of the, the habits that you've cultivated throughout the years. I know we've touched on meditation, but what are some of the other habits that you found have been particularly helpful in just keeping you on course, keeping your energy up and your confidence up? One of them that comes to mind is actually three habits in one. It does encompass meditation, but it's uh, one of my concepts called the daily three, two, one, and it's one hour dedicated to just unplugging and what you'll do in this power hour is the, you know, three, two, one stands for 30, 20, 10 to comprise that hour. So there's 30 minutes of, uh, there's 30 minutes of reading, which is more than the average person reads in a day. So this could be reading for fun, for personal development, uh, followed by 20 minutes of journaling. And 
I really like to view it as narrative therapy, writing out maybe even what happened that day, points of gratitude and allowing yourself to stream of consciousness, sort of empty your mind. I love doing this practice before bed, particularly for that reason, followed by 10 minutes of meditation. And this could be uh, a walking meditation, but I prefer to spend that time, maybe even lighting a candle, allowing my gaze to soften into the candle and just really observe thoughts in one ear out the other, like, okay, I need to see what you're doing. Bye. You can move along. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I mean, that, that process really is, it, it touches all the bases, right? Uh, when it comes to input and intentionally receiving certain information that you're reading and then output with the journaling, you know, free, write, And then there's the integration of getting to not do, but just be. And I know that meditation you know, there's this fallacy that you need to do it. I mean, I have done Vipassana meditation retreats where it's like you're meditating for a hundred hours over 10 days, but really do having a practice of 10 minutes a day, five minutes a day makes so much of a difference in feeling that baseline sense of calm that you that can then build confidence on top of, then you build connections on top of that. And that's how that impact in leadership becomes possible. Yes, yes. I love also too, the, the, the concept of sort of priming yourself so that when you go into the meditation, you've had the time to digest all these, all these thoughts. So it's there, you're processing all of the things that you've just read through writing. And so it's like a clean slate when you sit down to actually meditate. This is beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. So, so Stephanie, I'd like to, you know, since you are such an expert on, on coaching introverts, helping people network, all of that, what are some of the tips that you want to share? Uh, maybe some of the things that you found very powerful for your clients, for example, um, some of the concepts that people can just put into practice today. Yes. Okay. So we'll probably touch on this a little bit later, but since I've been a digital nomad traveling around for almost two years now, uh, yeah, these, these tips have come into practice in my own life, certainly in my clients' lives. This can be applicable to moving to a new city, whether it be short or long-term. Um, but, you know, there's something to be said for being the change you wish to see. So for example, if you are in a community where maybe there is a lot going on that you want to go to or not a lot, there are two different ways to approach it, right? So if you're in a, in a major city, San Francisco, New York, uh, you know, a place like that, maybe it becomes a matter of searching for the events that, you know, I love Eventbrite for this, uh, Facebook events is great for this, search by keywords and maybe look at pictures of past events to see if it looks like something that you're interested in and curious about. And certainly when you're there, say hi and get connected with the person who's running the event uh, because then all of the other connections to the other events will become that much more seamless, having that point of contact and, and making a point to not just say hi because they're the event organizer, but to have that sort of genuine interest um, and, and really pay it forward coming to events with this with this sense of self-worth knowing that you have something to give and being open to help so in my case because i have a, a grown and networking community of friends over the years uh, if someone is looking for a place to live in, in a given city if someone is looking for a job 
chances are I can connect them with someone either directly or indirectly who can help. So just kind of identifying what that is for you. And then let's say that you're in a place that, so for example, I'm currently in Thailand and, um, you know, they're actually surprisingly, even though it is one of the core digital nomad hubs, there aren't too many networking events. There are lots of spiritual women's circles. There are lots of cacao ceremonies, but there are fewer more business centric events. So I made it a point early on to identify different, uh, different places, maybe co-working spaces that would attract certain types of more entrepreneurially minded people and offer to collaborate and, and host either networking events or workshops that fill in some of the gaps that I noticed existed within that given community. That's so amazing. Yeah. That's one of the things I also like, as I'm traveling, you know, the the moment you land in a new city, you don't know anybody. It's so intimidating. And, you know, even if you're like buckled down in a city that you've been in for a long time and you're working grinding, your social circle might sort of vanish. And some of the, the easiest ways to make connections is to host your own event. It's, and it's so powerful. And you don't have to necessarily even spend a lot of money. You can just go and like, like Stephanie's doing, find a place, collaborate with them. They would love to have people show up you know, and you're bringing customers in, or, you know, if it's like a restaurant, you're bringing customers in. So they're, they're super stoked. All the people are super stoked because, wow, I haven't seen an entrepreneur's event in forever. Wow. I want to go to this. And so you're now the person who's the authority connecting everybody. And there's so much power in there. And Stephanie, how do you, when you get, when you hit a wall, how do you find support? That's something that I think a lot of people, when there are entrepreneurs in particular, sometimes we feel like we have to solve all the problems of the world on our own. Yeah. Okay. So there are a couple of different facets of this that I'd like to, to touch on. So when I hear hitting the wall, I immediately think of energy reserves and there's a concept uh, that I created called a solitude sandwich to avoid hitting the energetic wall where because there needs to be a certain amount of energy, right? To even ask for collaboration or help. So I always like to be sure to schedule in time before or after an activity that may be really socially active or draining. It could be a speaking engagement. It could be going to a conference. It could be going to a party, making sure that there is a buffer. You know, those are the slices of bread. The activity is the peanut butter where <laughs> you're able to just be really present with yourself and not on whatever that means for you, whether that be going on a walk around the block, whether it be stretching, whether it be taking time to have a snack, you know, I've noticed so many people just kind of go, 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 go. But the magic happens in those spaces in between. And, and yeah, I mean, so to, to clarify, I believe your question is also touching along the lines of, of getting support when you feel stuck, is this personally, professionally, both? Yeah, both really. Yeah. Yeah. So especially being in the mentorship space, it's, it's important to also have mentorship, right. And be in, especially as I move around, I have been involved in virtual communities where there's that element of consistency. Uh, you know, it could be a mastermind. It could be uh, one focused on business, one focused on personal growth. Uh, 
I'm an avid reader as well. If anyone else is on Goodreads, that's a really great place to create book goals and sort of have a queue of different books that you'd like to read or listen to audiobook style. And yeah, pretty much it's not necessarily about, I mean, this is what it takes for some people though, being at rock bottom and saying, oh my gosh, I need help now. Uh, because that has a different energy to it, right? Mm -hmm. That that almost has a savior complex energy that's not really empowered. Uh, and in the, in the containers that I create, it's really not about having someone be dependent on, let's say, holding on to any ideas they have or actions they might take, waiting for to, to bounce the idea off. While certainly that can be helpful, it's about again going back to that in, intuition and you know, maybe, and this is a viewpoint on intuition <laughs> where sometimes the decision that is made from a place where maybe it doesn't seem rational, but you hear that little inkling, that little voice, it's like, hey, do this, try this. Or even if someone says I'm not, that's not possible, it doesn't really apply to you, keep going. Mm. Uh, or even a voice that says, stop, enough. And, and sometimes it can be a matter of maybe having that sense of assistance or help mentorship coaching to be able to discern the difference between a fear response and an intuitive, intuitive response. Mm -hmm. And, but once that is deeply rooted and anchored, then the idea is that sure, there's still support. It's not like, Oh, great. I got help. And now I just get to be my best self forever. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. an ever evolving process. Um, but it really does. And a lot of my work echoes this it really does start from within. If you're seeking greater connection, if you're seeking greater success, if anything outside of yourself that you're seeking, it's really about, and if you've ever read Conversations with God, you know this is something that really struck me. I, I'm currently in the midst of that right now, uh, reading that work, uh, one of them. And it's this concept of seeking to, or not even seeking, but choosing right. intentionally to be the source instead of the seeker, especially in the personal development space, there can be a sort of reverence in we're all just seekers. We're all just figuring our stuff out. And there is some truth to that. But for example, if you deeply crave and want a community, a community of friends and connection, which was the case for me growing up identifying as being pretty much a loner, maybe having one to zero friends at a given time because of some worthiness stuff. And then getting to a place where I realized, huh, instead of seeking in this disempowered state, like I wish I had friends <laughs> being the source of the community, having people actually come to me because I was creating opportunities for other people. Mm. And then also making friends in that process. Uh, but it wasn't all about me. It was really about how can you give others the thing that you want and then have it then indirectly, probably not from that exact person come back to you. Mm, wow. There's so much in that. And you know, what I really picked up on was when you're showing up to get support, it's so critical to be open to receive it. And I think the, the this idea of sandwiching the time gives you that opportunity to become an active listener rather than being wrapped up in the grind. So if, if we're so focused on all the things that are happening externally, all the problems that we have, we're not open to actually connect deeply. We're instead thinking about 
everything that's happening outside of this present moment. And by giving yourself that time to ground before and after you, you approach somebody for support or connection, now you're able to actively be present. And the other part that was really beautiful about that was the, the, the sort of limiting belief versus accepting that, uh, you know, rather than approaching problems as if you're, you're stuck and feeling like you're, you need something right now, but instead being open to understand that the path might be shown to you and it might not be the path that you know, but there's a way out. Yeah. So Stephanie, as we're, as we're wrapping, getting, getting close to the end here, I'm going to, I'm going to drop our our final question, which is really about decision-making because I firmly believe that our dreams are built on actions and actions that we take are all built on the decisions we make. Do you have a decision-making framework or a process that you found to be particularly helpful for you? Ooh, that's a great question. Yeah, when it comes to a decision-making process, there can be a tendency, and I've noticed this in clients and past versions of myself, to just want to get things done and check off boxes and be like, okay, I did that, I did that. and But then feel like you're up against like hitting your head against a wall more or less because maybe you're not getting the results you want, but you're taking action. So to avoid that, one of the key things that I highly recommend is taking action from an embodied place. And if you are in a frazzled state, if you're in a really sort of depressed state, that's not going to be the time to send out those emails where you're hoping for a result to contrast that emotional state. I really do believe in the power of energy and our emotions. And it's not just about what you say, it's how you say it. (laughs) And it's also the intentionality that you have with the actions that you take. So getting to a space where there are certain activities that, and, and they can be, they can sound so basic, but it bears repeating, especially if Maybe there are things that can also be easy to push to the side, maybe like exercise, like -hmm. getting fresh air, like stretching, like, especially as more and more people are are remote, maybe what it means is putting on clothing aside from just wearing a robe. I know I love wearing my robe around, but putting on real clothes and, you know, doing your hair and just doing little things that help elevate your mood. And then taking empowered action from that place. Mm, so cool. Yeah. Embody the action. Beautifully said. So how do our listeners support you? How do we stay in touch? Follow all of your projects, everything. Yes. Okay. So you can go over to stephanietoma.com. That's stephanie, T-H-O-M-A.com. And you'll find a lot there, but particularly if you go to um, slash book, you'll find Confident Introvert, a practical guide to connecting with others at networking events and beyond. Uh, If you go to my website slash free gifts, uh, you'll be able to get a free chapter of the book. There's also a training uh, called Leadership Power, which helps activate that empowered sense of leadership that we've been touching on throughout our conversation. Incredible. Stephanie, thank you so much for your time and your insights. Absolutely a pleasure. Yes. Thank you, Noah. That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. 
that review will help other people find the show, and it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. And with that, may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.